Welcome to Destination Marriage, a podcast about successfully navigating the winding roads of marriage. Whether you're wanting to get married, newlyweds, or have been married for years, we want to share with you how we have navigated those winding roads over the past 20 years in our marriage. Join us on this journey as we talk about real life experiences in marriage and what we have learned along the way. We discuss love, travel, kids, friendships, and much more, all from the perspective of our lives together. Happiness, love, grace, passion are things we all strive for in marriage, and we invite you to take this journey with us. Welcome Welcome to to Destination Destination Marriage. Welcome to episode 52 of Destination Marriage. I'm Tommy. And I'm Jackie. And we are thrilled to have you join us on this journey today. Yes, we are. How are you doing today, babe? I'm doing fantastic. It's it's a wonderful 40 degrees outside. It nice. looks like winter is upon us. Winter is coming. Winter has <laughs> <is> came. <laughs> well, um, what better time than, I guess, to stay in and watch a good documentary, right? I guess, yeah. So we recently watched <laughs> uh, the documentary called Lula Rich, which is a popular and well-known MLM on comfortable clothing or... Well, Magical Lula Row, but the documentary the is yeah. called Lula Rich. Um, so, but it's about um, the MLM Lula Row, which is comfortable clothing or magical like leggings that fit every and all shapes. So who doesn't like a comfortable piece of clothing? I mean, obviously women just flock to it in droves and better yet, this was a product that if you quote unquote, put your whole heart into it um, and soul into it, that would determine the success of your business and your financial freedom if you chose to become an independent retailer. Mm -hmm. And mind you, this MLM was targeting women who were typically stay-at-home moms that were unfortunately struggling at that time with their financial choices in order to make ends meet. Yeah, like about empowering that that, that whole, you know, part of the of the society where they, you know, Mm -hmm. they, they even talk about it, like women that have, you know, chosen to stay home. It's, you know, they want to raise their family, but they also either have that passion or that drive or that entrepreneurial spirit. Um, and this was, you know, a potentially fantastic kind of opportunity to, you know, meet that, you know, fulfill that need, that drive, Mm -hmm. that's that, you know, like you said, the entrepreneurial spirit and be able to stay at home and, and purposely, you know, build your family and, yeah, Care I mean, for your family, right? it sounds like in a, in a lot of this, the um, the actual testimonies and a lot of these situations, most of these women, unfortunately, were not in a position where they could comfortably be a stay at home mom. Right. Their spouse, even though their spouse was working, the income just wasn't enough. So they had to, you know, kind of think around out of the box, I guess, you know, what else can I do? And here was an opportunity and the way it presented itself was, hey, you're going to be able to be a great mom, take care of your home and we're going to give you financial freedom. Mm hmm. So we're going to discuss what we learned from the documentary, um, kind of like just our behind the scenes research, our opinions, of course. Um, That's, of course, why you listen. Right. And (laughs) the hidden challenges or the repercussions um, behind, you know, making, unfortunately, making the choice to invest the time and the money in this MLM, just kind of based on what we saw through the documentary. So. Let's dive right in. Yeah, baby. Why don't you start off and just kind of give a little history of the company? Yeah. Like who the founders are and kind of how it grew and some of the key points that they, you know, spend. It's a four part documentary. So it's, I think each episode is like four, 50 minutes, maybe. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's pretty lengthy. Yeah. You know, it's not one, of, it's not just an hour and a half straight through. It's, you know, you, you it's, it's pretty comprehensive, mm-hmm. right? For what they've, uh, for, you know, analyzing all sides and kind of walking through the history of the company and then mm-hmm. like leading it, leading it where it's, 
yeah. where, where we stand as of today in 2021. Right. right. So. So just a little backstory. Um, yep. So LuLaRoe um, was actually created by a, um, a mom of seven. Mm-hmm. Um, she was actually a single mom, and um, her name is Deanne. Her last name was Startup, actually, when she Ironical. before she got married. Um, so, <laughs> yes, yeah, so I think that's kind of interesting. But she was a, a single mom of seven from a previous marriage. Um, so very, again, she was tight on funds. Um, she was trying to figure out a way to Which be, kudos to her, right? Yeah. That's, that's not, that can't, that's not easy for great, anybody. Actually, there's a lot of great characteristics to Deanne. You know, unfortunately, how things unfolded later on is a different story, but she has grit, okay? i got to give her that. Mm-hmm. So she meets a gentleman by the name of Mark Stidham on a plane. They actually sat next to each other. They ended up hitting it off. They get married. Um, they end up having, I believe, seven more children. So they have like He 14. brought some kids into the th- to, to the marriage, I think, and then they adopted they over adopted, the years. Like, so, so they adopted children. They had children of their own. It's and, a spider web. Yeah, so, but, but they have a very large, <laughs> very family. large they, family. They did adopt several children, and so then, they have a heart for family. And, and I, Right, yeah, and they um, seem to have a passion being a mom. That, yeah. yeah, she mm-hmm. loved being a mom. Um, and you know, he actually mentions that he was really attracted to her because she was, he was attracted to her, her energy, her Her drive, her drive. Um, she's very energetic. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I, I like people who have, you know, an upbeat attitude. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like a magnet. So, you know, just to kind of give you an idea of what she's like, right? but Anyway, so she now has a house full of 14 kids. Um, one of her older daughters at the time wanted a maxi skirt and came to her mom. And her mom, you know, she even says, Deanne said, you know, I sewed quite a bit. So I said, sure, I'll make you a maxi skirt. She goes to the store, gets a pattern or creates a pattern, um, finds some colorful fabrics and starts making maxi skirts for her teenage daughter. Um, as well as like selling some dresses for somebody she saw at like a, not a flea market, some sort of, some sort right, of selling. That's in- right where she was looking for name brand dresses, couldn't afford them. So she saw these beautiful little dresses for girls Mm -hmm. and started selling them out of her trunk along with the Massey skirts she was making. And it just started like taking off. Yeah. Well, let me go back to that because that's actually a really good point. I forgot that. So she actually went to a flea market when Mm -hmm. they, when the kids were younger to find pretty like holiday dresses, went to Macy's, couldn't afford the dresses. Mm -hmm. They were like $50 a pop. So she goes to a flea market, finds these beautiful dresses for $10 each. She bought the kids dresses. She bought herself a dress and she thought, you know what? I bet I know a ton of moms that would want to come here and buy these dresses. So she talked to the owner. What if I created a party and I had all of your dresses set up in my driveway? Mm -hmm. Would you give me a profit from this sale? She sold every dress. And so then she continued to have parties. So that's a creative mindset. Not is, only it's, that, it's she's a, willing to take she risks. She was busting her ass like, she to, to work. She was working hard. She like. was. She and really she's was. being a pioneer woman. She's trying to think of how can I make sure that my little girls have those dresses, mm-hmm. but I'm not obviously putting us in the poor house. Right. And I can also make money. I mean, you have to hand it to her. So she's um, smart. That's one thing smart. that they d- wasn't clear in that that moment, and I'm curious about this, and I'm not is not that I matter, but like I'm not accusing, but you they didn't. So, I mean, they didn't say that they were not designer dresses or that they were made by that gentleman in the documentary. Like you know how a lot of times at flea markets, it's stuff that quote fell off the back of the truck. Oh, like fake designer dresses, fake and designer, stuff? or just flat out stolen. 
because how she could... did say in the documentary that the dresses looked identical to the ones at the okay. department store. But I may have missed the the nuance there, but mm-hmm. it could have been something they glossed over. I don't know. That was the wording. Mm-hmm. It, she didn't say it was the same. I mean, are these like you know Chinese made designer. you know coming over from you know mimicking i mean you know we know that like that's a huge issue right yeah like Counterfeit fake handbags goods, yeah. or stuff like that Anyways, i don't know either, either way, way she, she created an opportunity for herself agreed. from scratch she thought creatively she was willing to ask you know and a mm-hmm. lot of people are just too scared because they're they're scared to hear no right. um that in itself you know the very fact and i think that's a long time ago you know if we're thinking when this actually started before she started making the maxi skirt she started thinking of how can i create a solution right so I have to and hand it to And she was her there. tapping into, and I loved, there was, it was, I think it was one of the journalists or maybe somebody, maybe it was an economist in the documentary who was in general just talking about the, the economic power mm-hmm. and like entrepreneurial power behind that huge block in the, in the United States of mm-hmm. the stay at home mom, the, you know, the, that, that's a huge power like economic power driver in the United States. And this woman was like tapping into it, mm-hmm. like absolutely tapping into it. So she, I know you laugh at me when I say this, but she caught lightning in a bottle, right? Like she really did. By the way, I don't Jackie, laugh. no, Jackie flat out makes fun of me every time I say it. And it's then guess what? Because you have so many sayings that I've literally I've never heard of. <laughs> so, <laughs> but now you say it now. It's like when you, now when, I want when to the scenario I'm like pops up, you're like, on, now I've got to say Tommy's. I'm just, looking for an opportunity. It's to like use when I things. set myself up on, we were talking about those like phrases to not use. And now I can't not say I've been triggered I'm triggered. We do need some new sayings though. I feel like I've been hearing some <laughs> You need to re- refresh uh, your little uh, uh, <laughs> repertoire, whatever. She caught lightning in a bottle. She did. She caught lightning in a bottle. So from there, that's when the maxi skirt. And then she electrocuted later, a whole lot of people. <laughs> Not in a good way. <laughs> she um, So she creates, starts creating the maxi skirts for her daughter. Is that a dad joke? Um, it might be. And that was, that was be. a dad joke. Sorry, guys. Um, dad jokes. Anyway, so <laughs> she creates these maxi skirts. Other girls start asking about it. Her daughter's friends at school. I want a maxi skirt. Can your mom mm-hmm. make me one? So her mom started making them for other people and selling them. And then a young lady who also really liked the maxi skirts came to her house, bought a few. And I take that back. Nope, didn't come to her house. She met her somewhere. She had put yeah, bins. She flew to like Seattle or something. She had put bins and bins of her maxi skirts mm-hmm. in large, you know, just the Rubbermaid containers and um, started selling them out of her car. And one girl came in and bought maybe let's say 30 and she said um you know i have tons of friends who would really love these so she made a deal with her and that was her first retailer Mm -hmm. before it was lularoe that's how it originated that very first retailer she brought on to resell you know become a reseller of her maxi skirts Mm -hmm. And then she had a conversation with her husband because I guess there were a few other women, maybe two or three it's others. Like how do we, that had, yeah, how do we, how do we turn this? this scale we have this, something basically. Here. Yeah, yeah, how do we, we scale it? How do we make this an opportunity for other moms to sell a really great product, become independent, make money for their families, and be able to provide as well, and also empower them? So, so do you he think, puts together this model. Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> right, but do you think like, like isn't it clear as day? This wasn't this wasn't that long ago, right? Like. And multi-level marketing, the good, the bad, the ugly has mm-hmm. been known for a long time, right? It's out there. Um, like, did he not, like, did he really think he was coming up with like his own idea here? 
yeah, it was a different product and maybe some different verbiage, but mm-hmm. it would, they were setting up an, an MLM. Like it was pretty straightforward, right? Or they just, I don't think he said it's not an MLM. He specifically said it's not a pyramid scheme. Yeah. Well, they're, yeah, of course they're going to, but I don't think they, he claimed we're not an MLM. But did he go into it thinking I'm creating an MLM? Or I'm or... thinking I'm creating something completely unique here. <laughs> he may have. I don't know. He may have thought hubris. Yeah. That Maybe. He, and and here's the thing. It's not like we're dealing with two individuals that have previously run successful multi-million dollar companies. Um, but or he even did state another... that his parents mm-hmm. were like some of the original. Amway distributor. Oh, you're right. That's yeah. So I think he knew exactly what he was doing when he started. Which, if you guys aren't familiar with Amway, it's, it's like, one of those old school. It's the first, yeah. It's the first MLM mm-hmm. that targeted making, created the idea around it. Not didn't create the pyramid scheme, but really started focusing on making money off of your what your downline. Yeah, they were the ones that really it wasn't just direct selling and making money off of selling product like every business. Mm-hmm. It was that whole upline downline kind of component. Yeah, there's a million of them out there. So whether it's whether it's Amway or Herbalife or I don't even know. There's a million out there. Um, I don't know if he thought he was thinking of or creating. I think he knew exactly what he's doing. He's a smart guy. Brand new. Yeah, I mean, he seems like he's a sharp guy. So you combine like his sort of structure and organizational experience and drive mm -hmm. with her her kind of energy and her entrepreneurial spirit and the actual like product that Mm -hmm. she is creating. Right. Right. It's a powerhouse. Yeah. She was the face of the company, Mm -hmm. you know, and he was really a lot of the behind the scenes kind of creating that structure. Um, because even in, you know, some of the questions that she's asked, she's claims to be unaware. So I don't know if that's just because she wasn't in charge of things. Yeah. When they show the, um, the depositions later on. Yeah. But she's really the face. That's coaching. And, and that's plus, coaching from lawyers and lawyers jobs are to protect mm-hmm. their clients. So that's, what's hard. Whenever you see like snippets of depositions, mm-hmm. like the, it's biased. Wh- whoever's doing the editing of those depositions, mm-hmm. like those depositions are hours long and they, you know, they show 10 seconds here, five seconds there that make them look terrible. Yeah. But when they make them look bad, it makes them look really bad, you yeah. know? And then when you, you cut to another scene of a, you know, of a, of a woman whose family was destroyed because of this. And it's you, not a good look. Yeah. It's right? definitely not a good look. All right. So then it just kind of exploded. Yeah. So, right? you know, once he the creates business. the structure, he and it creates, posit- like it scaled, it grew, not just exploded. Like, right. Destroyed. They, <laughs> they came up with the name Lula Roe, which is after their first three granddaughters. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how they came up with the name. Um, and then honestly, yeah, you're right. It actually grew quicker than I think they even knew how to manage it all together. Um, and then they quickly tried to create roles where they felt like they there brought were, all their family into these. They roles. brought all of yeah. these. Um, family members, and most of them were their children, their adult children mm-hmm. at this point, to come in as directors of marketing. Key roles, not um, just like, not just around the office, like senior level. Yeah, right. Like division, director level, yeah, VP level right. positions where they are overseeing, um, you know, yeah. how money is being handled, um, how we're promoting business, how we are, you know, treating our retailers, you know. All of those things that, you know, obviously if you, if you don't have that background, you don't have that training, I mean, there can be 
just one miss and or one domino falls and then the rest fall <laughs> afterwards you know so uh, so they bring in all their family members but here's something that's really important for people to know if you're not familiar with LuLaRoe it is one of the and it may be the most expensive MLM to actually take part in to buy the investment into. is incredibly high well I mean the most it definitely was it was what five grand at first is it still that now or are it's they still it's still it's five thousand dollars and there was actually another package which i was looking up to just to confirm that was the lowest amount you could actually go up to nine thousand dollars as a startup if you wanted to do that as well and i think of it, just product it's just clothes it's just clothes it's right. just product from there you have to obviously create how you're going to you know investing time but also a space a lot of these moms if they didn't have a space and I, you'll notice in the documentary some of them i think one uh, mentioned that she got rid of her nursery like took over her baby's room mm -hmm. moved everything out so she had a space to sell all these items right um so so they're you know investing money that they probably don't already have um i think there was someone on there that actually sold breast milk yeah they were they they made that a quite a point right to to talk about how they, they said they were encouraged they to encouraged do that. Encouraged to, right, right. But the owners actually said they never said that. Yeah. Well, of course they're going to say that. And so I got to say, like, the documentary as a whole was pretty balanced, right? And so we remember when we were when we were talking, when we were like about halfway through it, I asked, I said, man, are they, because the owners are, they knew they were in this documentary. They mm -hmm. were sitting down in their office to, to tell their story. Yeah. So we were wondering, oh, is this going to be a huge like gotcha at the end? Yeah. Like a lot of documentaries, they, you know, like the people get interviewed and they're like, I didn't know I was going to be set up for this, you know, and mm -hmm. overall, like it's a pretty, it's a pretty balanced from multiple perspectives um, type of documentary. I was really impressed from that perspective. But so like that is one example. It's like you have some women who, mm -hmm. you know, who, who are speaking negatively and, and whose lives, you know, and financial, you know, life livelihood were destroyed because of this investment, yeah. this company, you know, how much were they encouraged, you know, like mm -hmm. consider the source always, right? Like, I mean, there are a lot of outside of the documentary. Mm -hmm. Um, there are multiple Facebook groups true, and other online support groups, support groups for retailers like the women that are in the documentary that unfortunately are saying the same thing. Yeah. Thousands of dollars. Um, which I don't, them, yeah, I don't doubt at all, but like the, the breast milk story, like that's very, very specific. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's, but you know, you're saying that's not true. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just kind of raising the whole specter of, you know, like, was that really if one person it's a he said she said at this point or she said she said at this point right, right. so but let, let's be real okay so if someone doesn't have the five thousand dollars where are they getting it from right a credit right. card or they're and, taking a mortgage out on their home and or given all the other things that she money. said that they have her on video saying mm -hmm. like chastising people yeah it really wouldn't surprise me if she said that too and yeah, that right. it wouldn't surprise me, but let's say if it wasn't even the breast milk, any one of the other suggestions could be, I mean, they're terrible because they really could put someone it's at financial on risk. Display. It's greed on display. Yeah. Because who gets the initial five, $10,000? Right. It's all going to them. Right. Right. So whether or not you ever see a penny of that back, guess what? It's not keeping them up at night. So, you know, that's, what's concerning to me. If you know that these most of them moms, you know, stay-at-home moms are not in a financial position to invest that kind of money. Um, are you really caring? Mm -hmm. You know, do you really care? Because they, you know, obviously they express how much they care and they love their retailers. To me, I just, 
I it kind of rubs me the wrong way. It makes me feel like you know they they care more about the initial investment so they can run with it and continue to build yeah, their conglomerate. And, and that's what they were doing. Which you know it's they. I mean, I have a lot of thoughts. Mm-hmm. They also Do one tell. thing that well one thing that they were really they also tapped into and this was more of a I think the right time at the right place is they utilize Facebook like and better than any other company I've ever heard of. Facebook Live just do these mm-hmm. online, basically no, these online smart. shows and they were selling online. Mm-hmm. But it also hurt them when all these Facebook groups started popping up and then what those grew mm-hmm. like exponentially of all these of all these retailers that have lost everything, who felt stranded, alone, mm-hmm. taken advantage of, with no outlet, no resource. Right. And boom, all of a sudden they started finding each other. Mm-hmm. And now that same power that was driving sales is also driving these huge groups of women, mm-hmm. you know, that are teaming up and then, you know. That are showing you what's really behind the curtain. Right. Yeah. Right. And here's the other thing. And, you know, if you're in sales and you probably know that, you know, in most sales positions, if you work for a company, you have a specific territory, right? Or a different market you work on um, or focus on. Um, in with LuLaRoe, um, it's literally the wild, wild west. I mean, they just kept on bringing retailers on retailers. I could literally probably throw a coin outside my window and hit five mm-hmm. people that have sold the exact same product. But guess what? You're going to run out of people that you can reach out to and sell to. Who needs that many pair of, of leggings or maxi skirts? <laughs> Nobody. Right. So as that pool of people, women, right, that are buying these LuLaRoe products dwindles down, then you're stuck with even more product. And some of these prints were very specific to a season or a holiday. So if you didn't sell your Halloween leggings and now you're moving into Christmas, you're buying more products so you can sell Christmas. Which they encouraged nonstop, which is very, very deceptive. And it's just not, and they, and they have that on video yes. talking about, no, what you need to do is reinvest and reinvest. Constantly reinvest. Which, you know, all businesses reinvest, right? Like that's the name of, you know, scaling any type of businesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you reinvest. But the way with the with knowing simple math, right? With them knowing what's really happening financially at the retailer level, what you know, retailer is an individual business owner, right? Mm-hmm. That is deceptive. That is That is just pure greed. And it's immoral in mm-hmm. my mind. They know by you know pushing that agenda of reinvesting, that's the only way that they were setting those people up for failure. Yeah, and and just taking that money in. Well, I think her husband actually had mentioned when someone had raised the question about um, you know the fact that there were it was the, the territories or the areas were flooded with mm-hmm. with retailers, and then they were running out of people to sell to. Um, you know, he said, well, you know, some people took that box of clothing and turned it into a million dollars. He said a million dollars. Okay. (laughs) And some people took that box and put it in the closet because it scared them. So did they turn it into a million dollars for LuLaRoe or did they turn it into a million dollars for themselves, for their own family? And this is another thing that throughout the, the, the documentary and then throughout just our own kind of research, what's so I think very deceptive intentionally and or really hard to try to research is they only talk about how much money either you, they sold, how much money a retailer would sell if they did certain numbers of, of parties and things. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't matter how much you sold if the expenses were more than what you sold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If your overhead is going to exceed what your actual income right. is, you're, you're still going to be in the red. Yeah. You're not making money. Yeah. It's, and it's not as if it's like a, you know, a, a company that you started that has investment from, 
you know, outside investors where, you know, you're going to run a, a loss for a few years until you turn a profit or resell. Mm -hmm. This is, you're at a loss from day one. Yeah. You have to earn back, you know, that, that investment that's coming out of, you know, selling breast milk or take, put it on a credit card and all that. Or taking out a second mortgage. Taking out a second mortgage. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> it's really hard. And it, I think it's deceptive. If you look at all the marketing stuff that they would show on the documentary, it's like, make this, make this, make this. What does make mean? Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, I, it reminds me of, you know, we used to have a tax business years and years and years ago. Mm -hmm. And we were doing this tax return for this. Um, you know, a lot of truckers are independent operators right they have their they have their truck they you know they're long haul drivers and so on so they get 1099 income mm -hmm. and and for whatever reason like they weren't real happy with the return that they were going to be getting and the lady went off on us like mm -hmm. my husband made x dollar blah 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 and we were like i you know we're not gonna we were professionals but just because you grossed a hundred thousand dollars and your expenses were, you know, 95, that means your net income was $5,000, yeah. right? That doesn't mean that you made a hundred thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think, and it seems like the data that we could find backs it up. They're really deceptive, a hundred percent deceptive in, in how they market, how much money you can make. Mm -hmm. Even if they took that box and turned it into a million dollars, but you spent a million and a half to get that to million dollars, box. right. To buy the box. Like yeah. who cares? Right. You know, it is very vague. Like if you try to do some research, the numbers do jump around quite a bit to see what the, we know what the initial investment is, but what women were investing every single month to buy new product. It's all over the, I mean, it's all yeah. over the place. And also LuLaRoe did not report all of the income. Yeah. Cause from they, the don't, they don't have to, right. There's some, unless you are. So if they cut you a bonus check, meaning mm -hmm. let's say, you know, Which, you become right. I become mm -hmm. your downline. I become a retailer under you. You're my sponsor. You get a bonus check based on my sales. If you get a bonus check, they do have to report the bonus check. They cut you, but that's just, that's just the bonus check. Right. Right. So it's the numbers obviously are skewed. Yeah. On purpose. Yeah. Right? Oh, and, on purpose. And like they did have uh, the documentary did have a, a gentleman who's kind of an MLM expert, mm -hmm. um, who just kind of reports on it and gives his thoughts, not just on Lula but just in MLMs in general. And, and I had heard this before. It's interesting. What's that? The, that, you know, if call it MLM, call it a pyramid, mm -hmm. whatever, but just, it, you know, the, the, the math doesn't lie. And if you try to, you can't go, but so many levels deep. Yeah, you're going to run or out. Or you run out of people on the planet. To sell <laughs> to leggings to. Yeah. Or just that could be involved in the business. That too. 13 yeah. levels, I think it is. Like it just, you know, now you're reaching, you know, the, the, the Himalayan mountains and selling yeah. to like the people well, in Nepal. They're, they're stepping they're on like, people's, they're stepping on each other's toes too. Literally I mean, around, to yeah. kind of get a little, um, I don't and know, as just they, muddy the waters there. And as they scaled, then they started having all sorts of production issues and... Mm -hmm copyright issues of artistic work, you know, trying to keep up with all the, the vast, the demand, know, the demand of, yeah. of getting the product out and, mm -hmm. and trying to be creative. Like you can be an art, artist can only be so creative before they're like, are and there's stealing burnout. ideas and yeah. cheating. And, and then there was all these lawsuits around that. Sounds right. like they settled a bunch of those. Well, here's the other issue that some of, unfortunately the retailers were experiencing, um, with the demand, um, because their warehouse couldn't hold I think, you mm -hmm. know, they had, I think the warehouse was 127,000 square feet. They outgrew that space, but they didn't think ahead. So instead they took crates, they put all of the overflow of product in the parking yeah. lot, exposed it to the elements and they still shipped and... it out. They shipped it out that it had 
been exposed to maybe rat feces, it had mold, mildew, the smell was terrible. And now these products, these leggings were tearing because mm-hmm. they were manufacturing them at some ridiculous pace. Mm-hmm. So now so the quality is- control is going down and it's probably like one of the sons or daughters that's in charge of quality control and it's never a job they've ever done. That reminds me of The Office when they asked the guy, what are you doing? He's like, quabity, <laughs> I think the guy who was looking over the leggings right. was like, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so. And there's a beginning, there's that one scene in The Office. It was one of their, one of their intros, right? Their little mm-hmm. two minute intros where Michael Scott's like, it's no. not a pyramid and, scene. And then Jim walks up and draws a pyramid around, <laughs> like draws a triangle. And Michael's like, I got to go make a call. <laughs> but I mean, we're laughing. But this really, unfortunately, hurt a lot of people. So we're not we're not laughing at because absolutely not. This yeah. enrages me. It really yeah. does because I feel like, you know, especially because I do think in the beginning I have to applaud the fact that she was creative, that she was driven, right? And she's a hardworking mom. I mean, that's a lot of kids. Think about it. She has fourteen kids. Do you really think a lot of people who have fourteen kids are sitting around thinking of how can I? create a business. I mean, you're exhausted. You're already cooking for 14 people. So I have to hand it to her there. But there was a, there was definitely a moment where a shift happened for both of them where greed took over. And that's where the problem is. Now, a lot of these other individuals were lost their homes, lost their family. It affected marriages. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there was somebody on there that went ahead and made the investment without even talking to their spouse. And I'm pretty sure you and I have talked about, you know, we've talked about finances, making a large purchase like that or investment when you don't have the money. That, of course, is going to create a problem. But this, unfortunately, shook the foundation for many households and they never recovered. You know, and then they that was another thing they spent a significant amount of time on in the documentary is that there was a. uh, You know, again, it could be one-sided perspective but it seems pretty clear and they showed some documentation of, about how they you know talk about re, you know retiring your husband or invest so much and mm-hmm. grow the business to the point where your husband has to so be involved so he can quit his job and yeah and again we're just we're not arguing you know right or wrong as far mm-hmm. as like you know the two household incomes or her husband making more or wife making more, none of that. But don't you the think point- it's a little odd if, if I was part, let's say it was me. Yeah. Okay. Let's just kind of role play here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So let's say uh-huh. I am, you know, running an MLM and I come to you and I say, you know what? My sponsor or my mentor told me that you need to quit your job. My business is only going to take off if you quit your job. What yeah. would you say? Well, I mean, I've already watched this documentary, so I would say, let's talk about it. I mean, I wouldn't be so arrogant to be like, no way. My job's more important than your business. But we would have a really heart-to-heart about it, right? And try to be as objective as we possibly could and look at all the angles. But what I think is really deceptive is it seemed to be very clear that they do that in order to get their hooks completely in that family unit now. Yeah. Under so this guise of like family unity and family, you know, strength and all this. They want you to be completely dependent upon right. the world of LuLaRoe, that it is your everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now it has, you know, it's, it's root, your marriage is rooted in LuLaRoe. Yeah. But, and, and the other thing is, um, we're not even saying that if I were to, let's say it were me, that the MLM is even making more money than 
than you are. Okay. They never said that. They never said, oh, my business was making more than what my husband was bringing in. That was never said. Yeah. It was more about. It just said your business. Until you do that. Yeah. Will not take off until he quits his job. Okay. Mm, That is, it just like boils my blood. Mm -hmm. They're putting them at risk. So, and and I think it's done intentionally. I, I hundred percent believe it's, it's intentional. It's, Mm -hmm. it's calculated. It's not a, it's not, you know, they, they couch it a little bit in their kind of Mormon faith and like the the belief of large families and Mm -hmm. like all the, you know, all that. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not, I don't think it's not presented as a Mormon. Right. um, But they, they tied it to some of that and they speak of that. Yeah. Yeah. I think he started quoting, um, some of the Mormon, scripture at one of the, yeah, the conferences some, yeah, and then comparing and himself him, to the founder yeah to the prophet or whatever but um yeah. yeah and the other thing was with the with wanting the husband to actually come alongside you or come into your mlm business and work with you the ultimate goal not only to retire your husband was for also was also to have him take over mm. the business and for you to take a step back which that's what some of the women claim in the documentary again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how many individuals experience that. It sounds like this is something that happened more at higher levels. Those that had. I, yeah, I think so. Teams. Yeah. So not if you're just an independent random retailer, but like if you were like a mentor or a sponsor. So the, you know, we've, we've kind of bounced around a little bit, but that's essentially the history mm-hmm. up to the last year or so. Yeah. And then it really started going, going kind of nuts where all these Facebook groups that formed, uh, you know, these sort of anti LuLaRoe Facebook groups, mm-hmm. they've had, they've been forced to change their return policy because it was so abhorrent once it was kind of, once it was brought into the light and they, and, and, you know, they changed it and then they quickly reversed that because mm-hmm. all these women took that as an opportunity to get all their refund, you know, to re- return all their product that they had invested in and mm-hmm. leave the business. And then yeah. I think they sat down with their lawyers and their accountant and were like, Oh crap. You can't do that. Yeah. This yeah. is going to get, we're going to, this is going to sink the company. So mm-hmm. let's reverse it back. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. then they reversed it again and then they changed it and they tweaked it and they played around with it to, you know, uh, there's been multiple lawsuits. There are multiple lawsuits. Mm-hmm. Um, the big one, it seems like there's a class, there's a huge class action lawsuit still in play. Mm-hmm. And then the state of Washington, um, actually filed a, uh, I guess, a, I don't even know the, the, statute but they have kind of mlm statutes on the books and and they settled for like 4.75 million i think which mm-hmm. for LuLaRoe is almost nothing but apparently there's some it forced them to change some of their sort of it, policies towards retailers mm-hmm. which you know i think one of the lawyers that was on the documentary said it's not nothing was it i think it was 4.75 right so the yeah. money's it's really not the money it's about the policies that were mm-hmm. they had to change on the books that hopefully will help women or investors going forward if they decide to Mm -hmm. join LuLaRoe it's you know more structured and it's you know not as deceptive and I guess you know money losing Mm -hmm. you know uh, kind of outcomes I guess yeah but um, sounds like the big one is the class action lawsuit still going under going on yeah actually I think there's still multiple um yeah I'm sure there are right like and a lot of them will never know because they get settled or whatever so here's the, the, as we kind of wrap up and talk about LuLaRoe as well, I think the, the, because this is a marriage podcast, right? Mm-hmm. One of the things that really stood out to me and I, I asked you about it. What's that? Is this connection of like cult of personality. 
mm-hmm. with the two founders, right? And you've mentioned some of the things that you that attracted to you to Deanne. Is it Deanne? Deanna? Deanne. Just about her. She's, by the her, way, she's a twin. So she's Deanne and her sister is Diane. Diane. Yeah, and they were so. like the, the last of 11 kids themselves or something crazy. Right. Yeah. But I, yeah. So it's Deanne. Yeah. So <laughs> when I see a couple that's been married for a long time, they've been married for 20 plus years, whatever it is, they've adopted kids. There's clearly a family, mm-hmm. you know, you know, and they seem to have this sort of banter and, and flirtatiousness with each other and kind of, they play off one another well. Mm-hmm. And I really want to believe it because I like to see that. And, and, you know, they're not, they're, they're, they're both silver haired. I mean, she's blonde, mm-hmm. but I'm sure there's some gray roots underneath there, mm-hmm. brown roots, whatever it was. But, um, you know, he's, he's all, they're, they've been around, right? Yeah. They're, they're not a, they're not spring they seem chickens. They're very committed to one another. I mean, I don't so, like to, you know, think that they're How much of that not, is, but, right. But they're also in a, knowing they're being interviewed for a documentary, mm-hmm. knowing all this other stuff that happens under behind the scenes that they've shown videos of and they're there's deceptiveness in this like what is it about i mean cults typically are one person there it's a one it's a founder that everybody follows the one person right mm-hmm. this seems to have like a cultish type of attraction to them as a couple mm-hmm. which i've never really seen before that you mean the retailers are attracted to wanting to just work for them regardless of the right. product because right of because that. they they love that family dynamic the marriage yeah. the you know, both her drive, his drive, yeah. how much they support each other. Mm-hmm. And well, and, 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 and that, what the way you present it doesn't necessarily sound bad. Oh, you know, they have, they work together. They have a great family. Right. Those are all good things. If sure. we, if we could eliminate all the deception behind it, but no one wants to follow a leader who's a bump on a log. I mean, they're part of part. <laughs> right. I mean, seriously, like, that's the cult of personality thing, right? Not a, not that they're, we're not saying they're a cult. It's not religious based, but are they, is it fake? Do you, did you find that to be real or mm-hmm. fake? They're them, I guess. Um, I think initially, I think in the beginning, it was all very real. For anybody to, you know, continue to grow a family, that's a lot of stress, okay? To marry somebody with seven children already, I mm-hmm. feel like that. I and mean, he had four. Obviously, or it's to yeah. have a, a really big heart. And um, so I think in the beginning, I think this was all very true, very pure um you know and they just hey we're going to go into business together it sounds great you know i don't think there was any deception there at all and i really don't think that the drive was to take advantage of anyone mm-hmm. i think that it got to be where they as this grew and if you and watching it and if you see the um the conferences and all these people and they're on stage they're feeding off of that it's like this power hungry like you know they probably thought we're a power couple or this where you can tell these people to do anything spend anything you know and we're going to continue to rake it in rake it in rake it in rake it in mm-hmm. um i think it just became a big monster and then from there i who knows what goes on behind closed doors you know how that affected their marriage or maybe it brought them closer together because now they're both like, hey, we're all in monster. on this. If we don't, if we they don't, have to. if we don't keep up appearances, like, yeah, I mean, if they didn't, it would all fall apart, you know, and they'd lose everything. And they've already had a taste of wealth and riches, and people constantly praising them. I mean, they're flying on private jets, and you know, he, I think he was going to, um, I forget what it was, some type of like race tracks with, you know, yeah, all these. With, it, that's a whole different. I subplot. mean, they're living yeah. a celebrity-like lifestyle. People said they treated them like celebrities, so. Mm-hmm. I think it just morphed into something else. What it is truly now, we'll never know. Like power corrupts and absolute power mm-hmm. corrupts absolutely. Isn't that the saying? 
So like, are they, are they trending towards that? And Hold like, on. Let me write. It's a new saying. It's not a new <laughs> saying. I did not make that up. If I did make that up, that'd be pretty impressive. It would be. But like, I, I think he, I think that given that he knows exactly what MLMs are, his parents were involved with Amway in the sixties. He said, mm-hmm. I think this was much more calculated than, than we're giving him credit for. Yeah. And I think that he knew what he was doing and he knew how it was going to scale that it well, I don't think he realized it was going to scale like that, but I think that they, he absolutely is, is a fake and a manipulator. And yes, he has that energy and that dynamic kind of personality. And I, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not going to make a judgment on their marriage. It's not my place. I have no idea, but from the, the face, you know, how the, the facade that they put on, I think it's, it's complete garbage. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, yes, the, the, energy's there but i think it's all shrouded it's all it's all a, an act in order to mm-hmm. just make more money yeah just I, I think it's at the end of the day i think that's all it is mm-hmm. there's definitely Maybe a lack I'm, of integrity there with and watching the documentary and how the business was structured and how they treated the people that and know, we're not talking about like a few thousand we're talking about like didn't they get up to sixty thousand? um i think it was up to like around sixty thousand uh retailers at one point so you're talking about a lot, mm-hmm. you know, this isn't a few thousand. So we tried to do, as we kind of wrap this up, we kind of, we did a little bit of research just to kind of figure out like, okay, well the documentary, yeah. it's a documentary. It is pretty level, like pretty mm-hmm. kind of level. Uh, it shows all perspectives. Yeah. It's level much, side, yeah, right? right side, whatever. I can't think of the right term, but um, mm-hmm. if, you know, if you're thinking about it and you're, you're getting kind of, it, and it's easy to right? their the marketing materials are fantastic. It's a great story mm-hmm. I completely. And the product is, you know, is good. Like it's, it's a product that has significant demand. Mm-hmm. Little word of caution. Mm-hmm. So when you did a one search, what'd you find? So I just wanted to see, like, let's say, you know, obviously if you guys are familiar with eBay, you can find anything on there typed in. LuLaRoe leggings and there's tons of people that are retailers that are trying to sell their product. I have close, it's 59,772 results of just leggings, and not that, the shirts, not the skirts, just the leggings. And that doesn't, and, and within that, that could be one pair or it could be hundreds or lots or, mm-hmm. you know, like, like, like here's it, someone right now. She's a former consultant. Um, it says $5 or best offer. Right. And it shows a picture. It's a huge box of her, the lot of leggings she has. And there's women that are in the situation right now. They're trying to get rid of this merchandise. What else are they going to do? Right. You, you know? know, I mean, like anything, you got to try to cut your losses or just mm-hmm. try to, you know, make any money you can. Make some of it back. Some yeah. of it back. Yeah. So cautionary tale. Um, I think it's cautionary in general about cult of personality. Mm-hmm. This one just kind of struck me because it's almost like a cult of marriage personality mm-hmm. versus like following one particular leader. Right. And, um, so, you know, I, I think that, you know, we're, it's a, it's definitely worth a watch if you're interested in just kind of, it's a good watch. I mean, they did a good job. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I I think they did a good job as documentaries go of showing all sides Mm -hmm. and they really do tell the story well, and they do give them an opportunity to tell their side. I don't think, I don't like it when a documentary is very one-sided and just trying to make somebody out to be a villain. And there wasn't a big gotcha moment. 
it, you know, it, it kind of laid out a bunch of different sides and it was mm-hmm. almost like, you guys make your own opinion, which I appreciate. That's what a documentary in my mind. Yeah. Cause sometimes you start watching a documentary and about two minutes in, you're like, oh wow, this is, you know, exactly where this is going. This right. is, they're going to only show one side. It's mm-hmm. skewed, you know, which that's their right as mm-hmm. a documentary maker, I guess. Yeah. Documentarian. Is that the, I don't know. <laughs> documentary? No. Like if what? you're the maker of a documentary, are you a documentarian? I, oh my I don't gosh. know. So the dad jokes are off the that's charts. Not, that is a proper English question. I know, but I feel like you're waiting for like a but um bump. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good watch. And here's the other thing: if you're if you're thinking about possibly dipping your toe in the pool of MLMs, I would highly recommend doing some research on numbers alone. Right, because from the, the very beginning. Because you know what you can make. You know what does that mean? It, it, it's it's all about net profit it's not about mm-hmm. and that includes all your expenses and your cost it, under expenses would be your cost of product but also like your cost of doing business mm-hmm. those are real things you know and don't just look at top line revenue yeah um and so i think the those are the the, the two things we our takeaways yeah mm. look at the numbers what are the numbers what are the real numbers as best you can and then be that cult of personality like mm-hmm. am i getting caught up in the emotion and the passion and the energy of, of the founders and the marketing materials. Yeah. Or is this something that is makes sense for my family, for me, for my, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm good at and so on. Mm-hmm. And, and watch out for, for, for couples that are too perfect. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or any, any type of opportunity that seems too perfect. I think you need to really look at all angles, you know, because especially with this type of product, it's very specific. And I don't yeah. think, anyone thought initially, gosh, the pool's going to get smaller. I don't think any, and and looking at it, I mean, these are very smart women, but as it grew, obviously nobody asked about protected territories or markets or anything like Mm -hmm. that. And that was something that was brought up in the documentary. And the returns, not being able to return product and all that. Yeah. Man, that's now you're getting stuck, right? But well, anyways, we hope this was helpful. It was fun for us. We yeah, enjoyed it was a fun wa- documentary. It was a good watch. It is a good watch and cautionary, but also entertaining to a, to a point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely check it out. I think it's on Amazon. It's not... Uh, yeah, it's on Prime. It's on Prime. So yeah. if you have Prime, watch it. But... Uh, well, thanks for, for listening in on our on our thoughts on Lula Rich. On our rants on Lula Rich. <laughs> I, I wanted to give a, a big, at the beginning a, a little caveat or warning that I'd probably call it Lululemon at some point, but I haven't. So this Careful is definitely now. not Lululemon. That's a whole different animal. That's, that's um, not an animal. <laughs> that's uh, a re- <laughs> I know, but it's so close. How many companies start with Lulu? Yeah, that's are, true. Right? Uh, anyways, well, thanks for listening, guys. Really appreciate it. Thanks, okay. guys. Bye. See you next week. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and if so, please continue to listen and subscribe on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. We would greatly appreciate positive reviews, and we will answer any questions at feedback at destinationmarriagepodcast.com. For up-to-date content and news about the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram at destination underscore marriage and visit our website at destinationmarriagepodcast.com. Be sure to tune in next week.